Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. I want to, I want to pick up in our series on giving that we've been going through, and last, uh, really, kind of part one, uh, I talked a lot about the purpose of giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse seven: Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We know we've heard that text before, but one of the main words that I, I really focus on there is that word purposeth. It means it means different things in the Greek, and it means to bring forward, to bring forth from one's storage for purpose. And I want us to understand that's the point of how we should give. That's what God's calling us to give with a certain type of purpose and a certain type of way of pulling back from our from our storages. We come to God often. I made this point in part one. We come to God often with a pre kind of approved mental plan of how we're going to worship God. And then we do know how many of you have already kind of mentally have made plans for after service to go out to eat somewhere. Or how many of us have made, you know, have a plan to uh, maybe some task you have to do. Maybe you have to, you know, I don't know, it's it's getting sunny out there. Maybe that the, the time of the year has come around. We have to Mow the yard. I, whatever it is, we kind of come to church with the mentality that I'm already thinking about what I'm doing after church. And when we do that, we come to God and we give him only a select portion of ourselves. We only give him a certain uh, attention level of, of, of ourselves to God. And we leave a good part of it back in the storage. And the same way is for our giving. We probably, some of us, already pre-planned an offering. Maybe you've already walked up and grabbed a, a tithing envelope and put so much in there and, and already marked it down before the call of offering went out and, and the Spirit of Lord prick your heart to give a certain amount. And, and I, I, we're all that way. I'm, I'm not beating up on you. I'm beating up on me too. I, I don't, I don't want to get to a place where I've preset my purpose. I don't want to get to a place where I've determined what God is, is worthy of. I want to, I want to empty off all my coffers. I want to empty everything for God. He's been too good to me. He deserves not just me now, but he deserves everything in my story. And so this purpose, this desire to give is so important. Part two, we focus greatly on where tithing comes from and why, why we follow biblical tithing. We focused much on the Old Testament way of tithing and the New Testament way of tithing. And now we live in a New Testament era. And that New Testament way of tithing is not just being obedient to giving that tenth part of, of that offering or that earning that you bring in, but it's also more. It's about following the rest of the law, following love and mercy and, and, and being obedient in everything, not just paying a bill, 
right? And expecting, expecting that you're good for the week or good for month and you're fine where you're at. Tithing is more than just that. The Old Testament turned tithing that way to where it just became a, a ritual or a custom or a routine of giving. And that's not what God's requiring from us. We, we're wanting to give God more than that, more of ourselves, more of our desires. And so part, part three today, I want to focus on a couple different ways to give as well. Today, uh, I want to start focusing on the offering of the first fruits. First fruits is mentioned 31 times throughout Scripture. This type of giving is kind of different from the others because it's a gift that, that really shows an action of honor to God. It's a little bit different than the others. For instance, tithing is, is rooted in the obedience to God, and first fruits is rooted in the honor of God. This type of gift proves that you're not in love with money. Okay, this type of offering isn't given every Sunday. It's the type of gift that is typically, typically given a few times a year, maybe once a year. It's, it's something that uh, going back into the, um, the way they would grow crops, the very first fruits that came, they would gather that up. They would offer that type of offering. It was the kind of the first thing, but it took time for that first growth to happen. It took time. It took effort. It wasn't this offering is not called second fruits, third fruits, fourth fruits etc. It's called first fruits because it was it was that you're waiting for the harvest to yield forth what God has blessed you Amen. blessed you with and when it comes to fruition we're going to use some fruit uh, phrases a lot in this statement when it comes to fruition then you come and gather it and give it to God it's not something that we just haphazardly give to God and so it's very much meant to be an offering taken from the extra you've been blessed with those unexpected blessings those those unexpected you know uh, growth and in Incomes that come your way where you just say, realize, you know, Lord, you've been good to me. I want to give you honor. And so it's so important that we see that this type of offering isn't, it's not supposed to be set aside so that we can add an extra five inches to our 65 inch television. Right? It's not about adding, adding to, you know, more of our temporal. It's about choosing to honor God. Possibly God blessed you with a bonus at work. Then you decided to take that portion or part of that portion and give it to God because this shows God that you're not governed by the power of money. 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, while, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This text, we, we kind of, many of us misquote it or misunderstand it. Many have probably heard it uh, this way, for the love, uh, really they've taken love out, for money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not true. We, we kind of need those things to, to work, to, to pay bills, to do whatever you can. You know, how, how, how many have ever heard money doesn't buy happiness? Right. That's a lie. <laughs> I've used money and I was pretty happy. 
you know, I enjoyed using money for certain things. How many of you had to take your family on vacation, had a great time, and was that vacation free? No, it, it took money, and, and it produced some, some people really spend a lot of money and, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and take the whole families. <laughs> Don't do it. For the fourth, listen to the one who knows. But no, he's saying the love of money. It's an affection for money. It's a it's a hunger to have the money more than anything else. It's a desire to always be in that state of gain and always grabbing and, and reaching. And that's a different thing. It's not the it's not the paper. It's not the the zeros in your account that are are so vile and evil. It's it's a matter of the heart. It's about loving that thing more than you love God. It's about making an idol out of something choosing to worship it, choosing to search after it more than you love God. And because of that, they, the Word of God tells us that they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We are almost, and we get into that place where we're hungry to gain, gain, gain. All we're doing is stabbing ourselves. We are piercing ourselves with sorrows that come with that. I, 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 I'm not trying to preach against money. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach against us having a desire to put that above God and put it, really put it any close near God. That's not what it is. What it needs to be in this first fruit I give, uh, I want us to understand that, of course, tithing is, is motivated by obedience, but the first fruits are motiv motivated by generosity. Right. Scripture tells us in Leviticus 2 and 12, as for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. This is important because uh, for us to note these types of offerings, that they weren't meant to be put on the altar for a burnt offering. And what that means is that burnt offerings were offered up to um, take away the shame and the sin of the people. And we misuse our offerings. We 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 don't do it right. We don't, we don't live in the word of God. We're out of order. When we take our first fruits and we, we treat it as a burnt offering, we treat it as, as something to give to God to, to kind of make atonement for our sins. I'll, I'll say this right now. None of us have enough funds or ever will have enough funds to pay for our salvation. Uh, it's just the way it is. It's, it's just never going to happen. And here's why. Because your salvation has already been paid for. You can't buy something that's already off the shelf. And I want you to understand something. We can't just give our way to heaven. All right? We can't just write out checks and believe that this is all I have to do and that's it and I'm good. And I, I want us to understand the first fruit honors God. It's, it shows it's motivated by generosity. It is not motivated by repentance. I don't want you to give. If you feel pricked in your heart that you did something bad and it motivates you to put your hand in your pocket to pull something out, you're already wrong. 
That's not the right way to give. I want to give God out of generosity. Say, God, you've been too good to me. God, you've, I've honored you in my tithing, and I've seen you keep the devourer away from me. I've seen you allow the fruits to grow and to hang on to the very end. I've seen you do the miraculous. I've, I've seen you do the things that, God, that you said you'd do, that I haven't robbed you. I've done all those things in faithfulness. But, Lord, you continue to bless me so much that God I, I just gotta I want to take up I want to take the, the the portion of this and bless you and and just say thank you again for blessing me so it's so important that when we realize that these first fruit offerings was a gift strictly motivated by generosity towards God and I want to give God to God not because I have to but because I want to that, that gift of honor towards him is important I ask us just a question out loud. How many have honestly honored God with our gift? Another type of giving that we see in Scripture is the gift of alms. It's important to note that out of all the giving, that this giving of alms is the one not offered up directly to God but to men. Scripture does tell us about a set of rules given when giving alms. Matthew 6 and one. I want us to go there if you can. I'm going to have to read this because for some reason my eye just started to upload. <laughs> Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou dost alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. It's different, right? that thy alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee, what's that word there? Open. Openly. We have this, this wonderful opportunity to give to God, but it's not to God. It's not, not putting funds necessarily in the offering pan to people. It's those moments just like you've been with before where you pull up to a street corner and you see an individual down and out holding some cardboard. And we're really good at looking forward, right? We're really good at just, oh, now's the time to pretend I'm playing with my radio. Now's the time to kind of fiddle with something. Uh, uh, or even if you have children, now's the time to just talk, you know, get on the kids. Uh, you know, especially if you're, you know, one of those parents who gets on your kids in the car and you're doing the reach thing. Maybe I was just as my dad. <sighs> we see here that there is this, this different type of offering and given to God that we have to we have to be obedient to but it's not giving to God it's it's to help my brother it's to help those less fortunate than me it's to help those going through circumstances it's to it's to be there for someone who's broken and down and out the rules set of alms is that we give alms in secret and why is that why so secretive and it's because giving in alms in that secret type protects the person's dignity and it pr protects their dignity in a time of crisis 
It is not honorable to God to, to, to boast about how you help someone pay their bill. That's not what it's about. It's about you hearing an issue with your brother or sister or someone, someone in your vicinity and you see their, their, their struggle and you see their brokenness and you see things going on in their, in their life and God impresses upon you to, to not just store up more stuff in your barns, but to say, you know what? I need to help my brother. I need to help my sister. And I go to them and I say, listen, I, I love you. I hug you. You do one of those secret kind of like handshakes, you know, you slip them a little money or you do one of those drop down in purses. You just, whatever you got to do. What the point is we don't shout it out because let me just say this. We've all been on the other side. And we've all, we've all been shortchanged somewhere in our life. And, and we've all been struggling and with issues. And, and man, we don't need someone to highlight that. We don't, I don't need anyone to highlight my struggle. I do that enough for me. How many of you beat on yourself and say, man, if I could just, if I could, why can I get this bill paid or why I'm not doing it? We don't need to be the bullhorn to echo those failures and, and doubts and fears in each other's lives. We need to protect each other's dignity. Tithe is, of course, motivated by obedience. First fruits are motivated by generosity. But giving of alms is motivated by compassion. This is why Christ instructed us to give in secret because having true compassion on someone doesn't require boastings or platforms of acknowledgement. It is not scriptural, okay? I want us to hear this. It's not scriptural to see people who go overseas in third world countries and post pictures of how they gave out stuff. Hey, just blessing somebody today. Put this on the gram. This person's like broken, embarrassed, can't put a smile on their face, but you are cheesing because you want to show people that you're a giver. That's not what this is about. It's not about those things. It's, that's not Matthew chapter 6, plain and simple. The word alms in scripture is mentioned 31 or sorry 13 times and each reference is the same and the word alms in the original Greek I'm not going to try to attempt to say it I'm, I'll destroy it and our Greek theologian over here will laugh but the word actually means mercy and pity so when I'm giving alms I'm giving mercy now that word pity we've changed it to mean something kind of ugly right how many of you ever said, don't you give me no pity? But pity actually means sorrowful compassion. Amen. God, give me mercy. I want to give mercy and be compassionate. Be sorrowfully compassionate for a need in somebody's life. So when I give those alms, I am given mercy. I am given sorrowful compassion for those who are in need. Some might say, well, how is giving alms a part of giving to God? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 25 and 40, 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these in my uh, least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. We know Matthew twenty-five to be a powerful chapter. You know the, there's three main stories in there: the, the the five wise and the five foolish virgins, and the and the the talents. And but then there is the separation of the sheep and the goats, and and we know that story that heaven, the kingdom of heaven is going to be likened unto certain things but there were people who were starving there were people who were naked there were people who were imprisoned all those people suffering but it's the ones who had an eye out for those uh, who were going through struggles and decided not to not to ignore them but to have mercy and sorrowful compassion and they treated them like their own they treated them like Hopefully, you would treat yourself. And then Jesus says, just as ye have done unto one of the, of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. When I see someone in brokenness, uh, it's, it's better for us to see them as God. I need to see them as, as a Savior struggling to carry a cross. I need to see them probably completely worn down to, to, to the bone, just completely exhausted from, from the beatings and the whippings and, and, and the mockings. That's how I need to view someone who is less fortunate than myself. Because if I can view them as how Christ looked like through the process of crucifixion, I hope I can be someone who'd be willing to rush up and help carry their cross. That's what compassion is. That's what, that's what mercy looks like. Blessing someone in need is blessing God. We enter into uh, what I like to call a loan agreement. How many of you, well, I know I have a car loan. I'll tell you that right now. And as I sat there and heard the, the loan agreement and looked at it, I'm like, okay, okay. Right. But you also kind of enter into a loan agreement when you bless somebody, when you help somebody that needs mercy and compassion. Let's look at Proverbs nineteen seventeen. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. Wow. And that which he hath given, <laughs> will he pay him again? Wow, every single dollar I give. This is, so I try my hardest. I'm not really good at carrying cash. I really am not. I'm terrible at it. But I do try to at least somewhere keep a dollar or two something on me at all times because anywhere I go, this is so funny that I notice that I've taken, I've, I've taken out some, some, um, I've taken out some members of the church to a lunch before or, or somewhere and we're walking back to our, our vehicle and someone who is, is down and out, a beggar, comes to me and they, they, they I know this, I've, you know this, you've seen them hit every person in the parking lot, right? <clears throat> and then they get to you and they say, do you have anything? And I, I want to be completely honest with them. Yes, I do. And I give it to them. And I purposely only keep a few bucks on me so I can give to them. 
Now, I've had conversations with the, the church member beside me, and they say, I don't give to people like that because they're just going to go use it for whatever they're addicted to. And I am in complete agreement. I don't doubt that individual is probably going to walk somewhere down the road, maybe walk into a place where they can buy alcohol and buy their preference. But it still doesn't matter. That's not what I'm called to be. I'm not called to be the judge of your action. I'm called to show mercy and sorrowful compassion. I'm, I'm called to be someone who sees somebody and I, I, I'm, I always leave those interactions thinking, what if that was God testing me? What if God approached me in a parking lot testing my compassion and mercy for the broken? And I will stand on judgment day and he will reveal himself to me. And I will remember that I said no to him. And I think to myself, Lord, help me, help me grab a hold of that. Now, I will do things like go out of my way and try to buy somebody a meal. That's, that's another thing that I do that if I don't have any, any a few bucks on me, I will say, listen, I don't have anything on me, but I'll, if you're hungry, I'll run down here, grab you a, 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 a whole, a, you look sad, so I'll buy you a happy meal. You know? Nine times out of ten, ah, oh, no, thank you. It's not real hunger they're needing. And I understand that. I get it. But I want us to understand, do you know why they're reaching for things to, to fill their, their mouths? And, and to, it's, to, it's to forget about the hurt. Right. It's to self-medicate and say, I can't continue to keep on going with how life is in this moment. And I, I, I'm broken by that. I'm broken by the fact that someone has to go to those lengths to, to hide from themselves and hide from reality. And I want to be someone who, who sees people and sees God in people, even in the ugliest of situations. Every dollar I give to somebody, God is witnessing, he's, he's watching, but I'm not giving it to them, I'm giving it to God. What if we changed the way we gave? What if we mentally say, well, I'm not blessing your addiction, but I'm blessing the kingdom of God. I'm, this is for you, Lord, because I'm having pity. I have sorrowful compassion on you, and when I do, I'm lending to the Lord. I don't know about you, but he's been too good to me. And so many times he's lent to me. He's gotten me out of things. He's, he's provided for me. How dare I ever say, Lord, I owe you nothing. Yes. Giving an alms also grabs the attention of God. Acts 10 and 2, I'm going to read a couple texts here. Acts 10 and 2 is about Cornelius. A devout man, one that feared God with all his house and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Verse 4, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto, the, unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Jumping down to verse 31. And Cornelius said this, Thy prayer is heard. And said Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. The reason I just want us 
to see that whole chapter, it mentions alms like three separate times. How Cornelius, not, not having the Holy Ghost yet, right. not having truth, right. divine truth that some of us are blessed with. He prayed, but he also gave to people who were less fortunate than him. And every single time, God says, I've, I've seen, not, I've not only heard your prayer, but I've seen your action for those who are less fortunate. And because of that, I'm sending the word of God directly to your home. I'm changing not only your life, but your house's life and every Gentile for the rest of eternity. Amen. Why? Because someone grabbed a hold of the importance of just giving and blessing somebody who, who is less fortunate than them. Lastly, the last type of offering that I want to focus on is a, a seed offering. Let's look at Mark 4. <clears throat> Mark 4, verse 3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Now, I'm gonna, we know this parable. I'm going to just jump to the last uh, type of soil. Verse 8. And other fell on good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. Talking about percentages. Jesus was, of course, giving this parable about sowing the word of God, right? That seed is the word of God. And some of us will be saying, well, what, what, how, does, how does that fit into giving to God? Well, how many believe that, that there is healing in the Word of God? Yes. Right? How, how many believe that there's strength in the Word of God? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? How, how many believe there's hope in the Word of God? Yes. How about life everlasting in the Word of God? Yes. How many believe that there's finances in the Word of God? Yes. So I want us to understand that this text right here is also about giving. But it's so important that it emphasizes certain things. And, and, and when I look at this, and then I'm in agreement that this, this type of way of living blesses offerings. And we've heard of seed offerings before. And what I'm doing is, by faith, I'm investing in the reward that will either return 30%, 60%, or 100%. Giving of the seed offering is the surest way to stop poverty in the harvest. But a major issue on how we give to God is that some only give seed offerings alone. And this is the struggle here. This is where we kind of mess things up because each type of giving must be gifted in its set of guidelines. I need to tithe appropriately. I need to, I need to give first fruits appropriately. I need to give alms appropriately. If I don't do those three things, then my seed offering is on different type of ground. When you tithe, God keeps you from the devourer. When you, when you prove to God that money is not my God, and you give first fruits, and you show him, you prove to him that I'm not, I don't have a love for money. And when you see someone less fortunate than you, and you help them, and you do what you can to bless them, 
What you're doing is something more valuable than just handing somebody something or giving something in the offering plate. You're addressing your soil. You're addressing and cultivating your life. You're addressing and cultivating the weeds around your soul. And because of that, when the seed falls into good ground, good ground will always produce. Always produce. Uh, I love that. It's not a maybe, okay? It's not, mm, I'm scratching my head. Why isn't this growing? Because that's, that's, that's the trick right there. If you want to perform a litmus test on your soil and it's not growing, then maybe you need to address your soil. Because the Word of God simply tells us that if I'm to be blessed, it's because I'm in good soil. It don't matter. It always produces 30, 60, 100%. When I approach my seed offer, look, look at Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. The giving of the seed offering is motivated by faith and reward. I have faith that putting something is going to bring back a reward. It is going to multiply. When God sweeps over you, and, and, the, and this is why I kind of want to pick a fight with the way we as a church body, not just this church, but I'm talking about the church, does modern day offering time. Right? We will, woo, we will sing, we will shout, we will worship with all the songs. We'll do it today. But when it comes time for offering, we are not excited about it. We're not excited to give to God. We're, that, should be, that should be the moment where we have spiritual breakthrough. Because think about it. Yes, you offered up praises to God. And I talked about this, how that how that God said, will a man rob God? And he says, yes, you rob God where? In tithing and offering. It's interesting that we don't hear that we rob God in praises and worship and shouting and, and dancing and clapping our hands. We're, we're rich there. But we, we are quiet where it hurts, stings us, where it bothers us. But I just read to you, and I did my best to explain to you, when we are living the, the righteous life and cultivating our soil and, and fighting our struggle to give to God, we're fighting our struggle to be obedient to God, to, 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 to say, you know what, Lord, I, I'd rather be blessed with 90% than cursed with 100%. I want to give you what, what you require. I'm also going to, I'm going to be obedient to my tithe, but I'm also going to prove to you, Lord, that, that money's not my God. Here's my first fruit. I'm also going to love a neighbor. I'm going to choose to see people like, like they're you and, and love them and, and help people in need. I'm going to do those things when I I'm cultivating myself. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm becoming what you ought me to be, and that's righteous. And because of that, God will open up heaven. God will do exactly in Luke 6 and 30. He will, he will bless you. He will press you. He will, he will shake you into the point where it's just running over. Let's all stand. My, my 
and this is a northerner issue. <clears throat> Maybe some southerners are really good <clears throat> about raking leaves. Since I moved down here, I just ignore them. I said, Lord, let the wind blow them where you want them to be. If it's my neighbor's yard, so be it. Who am I to get in your way of your wind? But up north, you can't, you can't get away from the leaves. Every tree drops their leaves. And I was so blessed to grow up in a home that had an extra lot next to it. And it had a huge old oak tree. And those leaves would let go. And that yard would be completely full. And I remember um, in my youth, my dad going out there. And, and then, of course, and me going out there with my dad and raking up giant piles of leaves. And, and I remember the joy of that process of jumping in leaf piles, right? Okay. But then uh, for us, we had to drag all our leaves or move them to the edge of the street. They had this incredible vacuum that would just suck up leaves. Well, in order to get it from, from the back of my yard to the very front of my yard, my dad would bust out this big old barrel and he would fill the leaves in there and then he would grab me and he would pick me up and put me in that barrel. And he would say, get to stomping. And I would stomp those leaves down as much as possible. I would jump. He was like, that's it. That's good. Stomp them down. And he'd pick me up. And then he would take some more leaves. And he would throw them in that barrel. And then he would pick me up. And he would stomp me down. He would do all those things until the, it was completely full. And then he would grab another armful and put it on top to where it's just cascading over. And I, and then he would drag it to the, to the front of the street and dump it. But that's exactly the type of giving God wants to give to the body of Christ. So much so that it is pressed down. It is shaken. And it's running over. That's the type of giving that God desires for us to have because here's what the word of God says. With every, every way you give, every type of way you give, for every, every single time you, you give the tithing, you first fruits, alms, and the way you give the seed offering, every, you're going to be met with the same type of giving. For you meet with it all shall be measured to you again. I just want to say this. I want to I have God not just bless me. And again, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to just get stuff. Okay? This is not prosperity gospel. Okay? This is, God, I want to be obedient to what your word says. Gospel. That's right. This is, this is how I want to honor you. I want to honor you with probably the thing we struggle to control the most. I want to give to where it hurts. I want to bless you with everything that I have. I don't want to, I don't want to hold anything more back in my storage. It's all for you. Amen. Let's just bow our heads today. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I pray, help us to be obedient, God, to what you've shown us in your word. Right now, I'm asking you to cultivate the soil of our heart. 
I'm asking you, oh God, to begin to weed out some things. Weed out some mentalities. Weed out some, some things we ignore, God. Some things we decide not, some rules that we've set up in our own life that are not biblical, God. I pray, fix us, Lord. Lord, I want to I wanna bless you, Lord. I want to I wanna, I wanna loan to you, hallelujah. I want to give to you, God, as you've given to me. I want to prove, God, right now that money is not my God. Money is not my Savior. Money does not dictate my eternity. I pray right now, bless this body. Bless this body and bless us, oh Lord, the way your word of God wants us to be blessed. I thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. I pray, oh Lord, bless the remainder of this service. We give you great praise. We give you great honor. And in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands if you If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 